This past week, March 20th, marked the one-year anniversary of our being in this new space. Uh, you might remember this day, I found this picture on my phone this past week, uh, and as I looked at that picture, I was just in awe uh, at the journey that we have been on together. And I began to reflect back on, on what we've done together so that we could reach more people and share Jesus with more people, kids, youth, adults, uh, even the Mission Cafe, which used to be where we worshiped, and if you weren't around here then. Uh, but that has been a huge part of our connecting together. Uh, and I love seeing uh, all, all of us uh, relating to one another there. If you weren't here before this new space was built, uh, our old lobby was so small. Nobody ever hung out and talked after church because there, there wasn't any space. It just bottlenecked by the door. Uh, in May, uh, we are going to take the money that we've raised from the cafe and do a, a Rise Against Hunger. They, they used to call that organization Stop Hunger Now. Uh, and we're going to pack meals for uh, sending out and feeding the, the hungry. And I hope you can be part of that day because you'll be able to see how all the pieces come together and even Things that we do in the cafe go toward showing people Jesus. God has big plans for us as a church. And I want you to know just how humbled and blessed I am uh, to be your pastor. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I love being here and seeing your passion for people and to show them Jesus both near and far. This morning, we are going to finish up a series on choosing God's way out of temptation. Now, if you're just joining us, we've been looking at 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13 for the past three weeks. Uh, we all have needed to hear this word from the Lord because all of us struggle with something, like absolutely everybody. But God has given us a couple promises in these verses that we can hold on to. And I wanna look at those verses and those promises again this morning. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. Paul writes, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So the first promise that we looked at was God won't let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. Uh, there is always, always, number two, a way out. He will always provide a way out so that we don't have to fall to that temptation, but that we can stand up or endure it. Last week, we looked at the verse where Paul said, we have no obligation to obey what is in our sinful nature. And it doesn't matter how well-worn the path to, to your thing, whatever you struggle with is. There is always hope. There is always a way out even for you in that. Because with God, all things are possible. When some people hear about the victorious Christian life, and living and overcoming sin, they immediately start to push back. And I think the reason for that is 
most people, I don't think, believe that other people can change. And I think in ourselves, we, we know just how weak we are. It's, it's kind of like you can only hold out on your own strength so far. And I, I kind of noticed the same thing with my physical body. Maybe you've noticed the same thing. See if this resonates. Under times of stress, under times of crisis, kind of like a temptation situation, I can remain strong and healthy for a window of time. I can work long hours, I can stay up late, I can endure the stress, I can push myself physically. It's almost like the adrenaline of that period of time and what's in front of me keeps me going. But at some point, when I get a break, or when the crisis is over, or when I have a chance to slow down just a little bit, I either get sick or like crash and burn in some way. Anybody else kind of resonate with that? It's like you can only do what you can do for so long and then it's like The same is true with our spiritual lives, especially when we're facing temptation. You can endure, you can fight it off, you can remain strong on your own power for a time. But then you let your guard down. You have a moment of weakness, and in those moments you think, I am so weak. How could I let this happen again? Why would I give into whatever your thing is now? And I think the reason that we succumb is because we don't always, or at least part of the reason, is we don't always take advantage of all the ways that we can gain spiritual strength and help that God offers to us. Here's what I've noticed about my own like physical body. I can get sick much less if I do certain things. If I eat right and work out. If I make sure I'm getting enough rest. If I take my vitamin every day. If I make sure I'm not working 10 hours a day. And I know all those things to be true. But I don't always take advantage of that knowledge. Maybe you fall into that same boat. Scripture teaches us that there are certain habits that allow us to experience the power of God in our lives. And today I want to talk about those habits that feed our spirits and our relationship with God. And today is about getting stronger spiritually so that we can choose that way out consistently. God's power has no limit. All things are possible with him. So this morning, I'm gonna talk about three different habits to build spiritual strength. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, these things may seem like the biggest waste of time that you have ever heard of in your entire life. And I admit, you're gonna look at this list and say, you know what, that's it? Preacher, that's all you got. I mean, come on. But if you're a Jesus follower, you know that these three activities are how you plug into the power of God. The sad part is we don't always respond or act on the knowledge that we know. And even even the person that's been a Jesus follower the longest in this room sometimes ignores or stops doing what's for their best. 
to illustrate that five years ago, just five years ago, I completed a full Ironman. Now, that's 140.6 miles on my own power in one day. Swim, bike, run. But today, when I go out and, and run five miles, I feel like I am about to die. <laughs> and the reason for that is because I stopped doing that which I know makes me stronger. Now, anytime you start working out again, the temptation, uh, what your mind tells you is, I can pick up right where I left off. And if any of you have fallen into that trap, you know that you will be in a world of hurt if you try to do that. So this morning, I'm going to share with you three habits, but I'm going to ask you to pick one. Three is too many. We'll get overwhelmed at that. We'll just pick one. So here are the three habits. Number one, prayer. Exercise makes your body stronger. Prayer makes your spirit stronger. Matthew 26, 41 says, and it's Jesus, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Talking to God feeds your spirit and strengthens your ability to resist temptation. What you feed lives. What you starve dies. Prayer feeds our spirit. Jesus tells his disciples, watch and pray. Why? So that you will not give in to temptation. We say this principle every single week when we say the Lord's Prayer together. We say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a prayer that we might find the strength to resist evil. No one has to worry about like inadvertently falling into God's righteousness <laughs> because our sinful nature desires what is contrary to God. It requires prayer and the power of God for us to choose God's way. Not only that, we, we have an enemy that like roams around like some big nasty cat trying to drag us away from God. We need to pray so that we don't give into temptation. Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray while they were in the garden of Gethsemane before they drug him away to be crucified. Jesus knew what was coming. He was tempted before they drug him away to find a way out. He prayed, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. The temptation to escape was real. But then Jesus prayed one of, if not the most powerful prayer recorded in scripture. Not my will, but your will be done. I believe that's why that scene is on more church windows than any other scene from all of Jesus' life. All of us have our thing. All of us feel like giving up, choosing another way, escaping. But through the habit of prayer, we receive the power to pray, not my will, but your will be done. 
Christ in us is stronger than the desire for whatever our thing is. Don't overcomplicate prayer. You don't need to find a rock. You don't need to carve out enough time to spend a sweet hour in prayer. Just ask him for help and then let him. He hears when we pray. Maybe you need to rediscover or discover the habit of prayer. Number two, read the word. Too many Christians say that they believe this book from cover to cover, but have not read this book from cover to cover. This book says every single one of us will stand before God someday for judgment. And when we stand before God at the throne, he is not going to say, why do you think I should let you into heaven? He's not going to say, which one of the many ways did you take to get to my presence? I'm sorry, but if you think there is another set of rules for life or that there are multiple ways to heaven or multiple gods, you don't know what this book says and you don't know who God is. He is the one and only God who is passionately in love with you, so much so that he gave his one and only son to die for the sin, not just us, not for for the people in the East, for the sins of the world. And he is the only way, period. Morality is not multiple choice. It is his choice. If he says, thou shall not, we shouldn't. If he says, thou shall, we should. Even Jesus shut down the temptations of the enemy cold with the word of God. Do you remember what he said? Remember the beginning of the sentence? Jesus said, it is written. Do you know what this book says about your thing? Have you memorized any scriptures about what God says about your thing? Some people say, well, I'm just not good at memorizing. Baloney. Most teenage girls that I know can quote a Taylor Swift song line for line. Most guys I know know sports stats or ballistics tables, or something like nobody's business. We choose not to remember that which is the best for us. Some people say, well, I I just don't like to read. You know what? If you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. It's a little Bible. It's kind of burgundy, just in case you look for it later on your phone. And if you hit the right button, it will read it to you. You don't even need to read. We choose not to do what's best. Some people might be thinking, blah, 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 just preacher talk. Hopefully not my own kids. Um, (laughs) This book gives us knowledge of Almighty God. And it gives us the power to renew our minds. God changes who we are through his truth. And we can resist temptation 
and live as God desires us to live. If you're trying to live a victorious Christian life without knowing what it says in this book, you will have your butt kicked by temptation and sin out of pure ignorance, not knowing what God says. And ignorance is not an excuse with God. Maybe you need to rediscover the habit of reading God's word. And number three, hang with the right people. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Uh, and all God's people said, ouch. Because like Paul never sugarcoated anything. The wrong people will never help you do the right thing. I'm going to say that again because that's good preaching. The wrong people will never help you do the right thing. Some of you, in order to overcome your thing, you need new friends. I know we can't remove ourselves from the world. Yes, we are called to be salt and light to those who are in darkness. But if the people you are hanging out with are a temptation and a pull to do your thing, whatever that is, your friends need to go. It is critical to have people around you who love you enough to get in your face about your thing, not drag you to it. It is vital to know and trust somebody so well that you can confess your struggles too. You, you need somebody to call you and you need to be able to call them when you face temptation who can stand in the gap when you feel weak. Sin grows in the dark. Some of you may be losing the battle with whatever your thing is just because you lack spiritual community. That's one of the reasons why we push connect groups so hard at New Stanton Church. We need each other to stay on that narrow road. The, the wide road leads to the path of destruction. Church isn't something you just go to. It's something you're part of. We are the body of Christ, and we need to be a family that sticks together. If you've not signed up for a connect group, maybe that's the step you need to start with. This is your last chance for this time around. When Lisa and I moved to Kentucky uh, after we got married, uh, we've been married for 23 years actually today. Uh, can you believe that woman has put up with me for 23 years? <laughs> she deserves a medal or something. And I tell you what, when we went to seminary, we joined uh, a young marriage class. And honestly, like, I don't think we would have made it without that class because <laughs> it was our small group. It, it was that class that we went to and we were just so thankful that when we went and said, we're struggling with this, somebody else in the class would go, us too. It was such a comfort to know that we weren't alone and to allow God to help us to overcome those things that needed to overcome together. We supported each other. And 23 years later, by the grace of God, we're still married. 
maybe you need to discover the habit of community and just watch what God can do in you through that and in your marriage. All of us need it because at times we are like crazy vulnerable because we're all broken. We're all born sinful. But the good news is no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Somebody else will always say, me too. And when you're tempted, there will always be a way out that God provides for you because he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear and he will always provide a way out. I'm praying that as you start praying more or reading the word more or getting community with other believers, that God would allow you to discover a level of victorious Christian living where where you sense this inner peace, where God has a purpose and a direction, where you know that you know that you know that you are a child of God. Don't try to do all of it. Just pick one. This morning, I'm not gonna ask you to bow your heads or close your eyes. I'm gonna just list all three and say, you know what, raise a hand if you think this is it. So, Prayer, reading the word, or getting in spiritual community, which may involve itching some friends if they're leading you to your thing. So who whose senses that it's like prayer? Like you need to develop a better prayer life. A number of you. Like the first service, they all need to pray. Um, who, <laughs> who, who needs to spend some more time in the word and know what the truth says? Amen. And what about signing up? for a connect group and getting plugged in with with other believers. I'm hoping that's because you're plugged in uh, because that was the low one last service too. Um, Just encourage you, if you are not in a group of other believers, really ponder in your heart uh, where you need to start because sometimes on our own, it's really difficult without the support of other people. Let's pray. God, I wanna pray for uh, us as a church that God, we would be able to, together, to storm the gates of hell. God, that as we live victorious, that you would transform relationships, that you would change who we are as people, that we would be men and women of integrity, that God, you would help and renew a a, a love for families. I pray that you would help us to, to flee whatever our thing is so that God, we can honor you and glorify you with, with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our strength, and that God, as people see our love for one another, that they would see you, that we would be able to show people Jesus with our love for you and for one another. And all God's people said, amen.